So good morning, everyone. The series is called Wise Moves in Life. And if you have a Bible, go with me to Proverbs 13. I want to open one passage with you that's a nuts and bolts passage. But I want to ask the question, why is it some people live longer than others? You ever wondered about this? Um, I, why is it that some people live long lives and others live, live shorter lives? And I, I don't think I have the total answer, but here may be a few of the, the clues. This, this would be one of them. <laughs> I'm grateful. Hey, back, back that up. Back that up. You're, you're all were noticing the one guy has headphones on, the other one doesn't, right? Okay, yeah, okay. Right, okay, go ahead, go to the second one. I love this one. If ever we were to side a house, that's the way to do it. Let me tell you what. Another one? Do I have another? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's washing away. This is what you call um, a compulsive person. That bird did something on my window, and I've got to get it off no matter what. Yeah. And then my... My personal favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how many of you know a person like that? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? And why is it, you can pull those off now, why is it some people live longer? Because some people make unwise choices in life, right? Have you ever met a person like that? They make unwise choices in life, and then they expect you to help them out. And you say, but I've helped you out of this hole before. Have you ever done this? And then they come back to you and they say, hey, but I've helped you out of this hole before. You, you can't keep making bad decisions and then expect me to pull you out of the hole. All right? So today what I want to talk about from the Proverbs is how to have a teachable spirit because if we have a teachable spirit, you'll always be in the learning curve. You'll always be in the growth mode. And the big idea of today's message is the teachable spirit will always be a wise move. It'll always be a wise move if you're just teachable. And you know what? You can learn from good examples and my dad taught me this. You can learn from bad examples. Isn't that true? Like, I don't want to ever be like that guy. That guy's a jerk. With a capital G, jerk. Yeah. And so you, you don't want to be that way. You want to have a teachable spirit. And so we're, we're going to get into the scriptures. So God, help us now. You have done that before. We just sang it. Uh, you've moved the mountains. And, and even when you haven't done it yet... Um, we say we know you can do it so no matter how you solve the problem you may not solve it the way you did last time or the time before that you may solve it differently but either way we're okay with that because we just want to walk with you in faith we want to know you well and and love you fully and be fully devoted to you to obey you at every at at, at every turn in life and so lord teach us now through your word we pray in christ's name amen so a, a teachable spirit will always be the wise move. So, so you have to pay attention to your life. This is, I, I have to say this, it's so simple and it's so obvious. But you only get one life. So use it well. And I have been around people, and it's been my sad assignment at times to sit with a guy who's dying who says, I didn't think my life would end up this way. And it's too late to turn it around. Uh, with the, the, uh, a woman who's uh, fading in life saying, but I had so much more I planned to do. You want to run through the finish tape, as the Apostle Paul would say it. You run the race of life, finish the course, keep the faith, knowing that henceforth there is laid up for you a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give you that day. 
And not to me only, he says, but to all those who love his appearing, which means I'm ready whenever he comes for me or should I die, I am ready. I'm ready. Just living ready. So listen to what's happening inside of your heart because you only get one life. And pay attention to your good days. Learn from your good days. But what we really do is we really learn from our bad days, don't we? We, we don't win. We don't, we don't really learn a lot on the days we win. We really learn a lot on the days we lose. And coaches will tell us that all the time. We really learned where the holes were in our defense. We really learned that we weren't doing well, and, the, and they exploited that against us. So listen to what's happening in your life, because you only get one of them. You only, you're not going to get to go past this again. So be teachable in spirit. What I wanted to do this morning was, I have a whole message for you, and, and I'm going to talk about having a learner's spirit, but what I wanted to do was just give to you a proverb. These, by the time you get to chapter 13, chapters 1 to 9 is kind of the building of the case for wisdom. Then chapters 10 to 31 are just nuggets. They're just like he's just throwing it in like a dictionary or a thesaurus. It's just, uh, every verse stands on its own. And those verses become nuggets of wisdom for us and I would like you to just catch one. We've asked you to read them, and we've asked you to give us some. And some of them you've handed to us have come from chapter 13. So I want to just read it, and then I want you to catch one of these and make it yours this week. And this is not in the PowerPoint. It's not in the notes. And do you know why? Because I want you to see it on your tablet or on your Bible phone or on your paper Bible or whatever it is that you're carrying because I want it to be yours. I don't want it to be Oh, something that Pastor Dave gave me or something I got at SPC or something I saw on the wall. No, I want it to be yours. So here we go. Proverbs 13, verse 1. A wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a mocker does not respond to rebukes. It kind of implies that one of the things dad does is rebuke when the kids are wrong. Do you get that? You see that backside? And, and no amens to that, but that's okay. I'm all right with that. Uh, but get this, the... The father's job is to correct the off-path pieces. And your, your kids may not like you, Dad. Your job isn't to be liked. Your job is to be the dad. Okay? All right. Uh, verse 2. From the fruit of their lips, people enjoy good things, but the unfaithful have an appetite. What's it say? For violence? For violence. Back that up. It, it, there's an axiom to this. There's almost a two-side. Can you feel it to the proverb? First half, the fruit of the lips of people enjoy good things. There's a good side to this with good people and, and good things. But unfaithful, what do they go for? They go for the, they always go for the backside, the underside, the violence. They like the destruction. Um, those who guard their lips um, preserve their lives. But those who speak rashly will come to ruin. Trash talk. Yeah, that may be the proverb for you this week. Guard the trash talk. A slugger's appetite is never filled, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. The righteous hate what is false, but the wicked make themselves a stench. The, the righteous hate what is false, hate it. The wicked, they actually live, they swim in that. A stench, and then what do they bring? They bring shame on themselves. Verse 6, righteousness guards the person of integrity. Get that. Righteousness will guard you. Okay, so be on the right side. But wickedness overthrows the sinner. You may be saying, it hasn't happened yet. And my word to you is, hang on. It will happen. 
One of the things I, I just wanted, and I just talked about this uh, yesterday. And I told her, I have questions for heaven, and one of them is, why is it ungodly people, why is it that godly people, when they want children, can't have them? And why is it that ungodly people just seem to be popping babies left and right? You, you know, they don't know where they came from. And I'm going, okay, I, I think I can tell you, but maybe 10th grade biology class could have done that too if you'd shown up every other day. But anyway, th that's, a, that's a hard one for me. Why is it that unrighteous people have the best stuff? Why does that happen? And I see godly people who are just making it paycheck to paycheck. And the answer is easy. It's because we're not home yet. Heaven's our home. And sometimes you're going to have rich Christians, sometimes medium Christians, kind of middle class Christians, sometimes poor Christians, and I don't know where you are, but why is it sometimes that happens and the payout doesn't happen for the believer in Jesus like it does for the guy down the street who we know, you know, is not ethical in his dealings and is dishonest with his tax returns, and he just, just is his life. And the, the answer is the judgment hasn't happened to him yet. It's not a stench to him yet. Righteousness will guard a person. Wickedness will be overthrown. Just need to hang on for the end. One person pretends to be rich, yet has nothing. Another pretends to be poor and has great wealth. Have you ever experienced that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm broke. Yeah. So you need to pay for lunch. Yeah. You, they've got money. They do. Yeah. But they just pretend to be poor. I, I knew a guy who was a multi-millionaire, a multi-millionaire. He always bought used cars. He always wore, like, used flannel shirts. Do you know what? No one ever on the street ever asked him for money. Do you know why? They didn't think he had any. And he was a multi-millionaire. <laughs> so one person pretends to be rich. Another has great wealth and pretends to be poor. A person's riches, verse 8, may uh, ransom their life, but the poor person cannot respond to threatening rebukes. A poor person cannot respond to threatening rebukes. That's deep. Where's your thought? That might be yours for the week. The light of the righteous shines brightly, but the lamp of the wicked is snuffed out. So your influence, if you'll just stay on the light side, on the truth and righteousness side, you will shine brightly you may not realize it at the time you don't know who's actually watching but it will happen and the lamp of the wicked is snuffed out where there is strife there is pride where where wisdom is found in those who take advice get that uh, uh, that's a, a great one for an office complex dishonest money dwindles away but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow and you, you've seen that if it's too good to be, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. That's this proverb. Uh, dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gets it, and they don't get it in a large lump sum, right? They get it little by little, and they make it grow. Hope deferred, and this is one um, we memorized years ago. Uh, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Have you ever had that where you hope and you hope and you hope and it just doesn't come, it doesn't come, it doesn't come? Hope deferred makes your heart sick. You know it to be true. A longing fulfilled is a tree of life. When, when what you hoped for came, finally came, it became the tree of life to you. It was such relief. But when it's hope deferred, it is, it is so drudgerous. Now, verses 13 and 14, we're going to quit. 
whoever scorns instruction will pay for it, but whoever respects the command is rewarded. So you want to be a good learner, take the instruction. The teaching of the wise is a foundation of life. Turning a person from the snares of death, get that, the teaching of the wise is the fountain of, of, of life, foundation, fountain of life. So, so we could keep reading them, but, but maybe you're going to grab one of those this week and use it this week. What I want to encourage you to do is this, if nothing else, be teachable in spirit and in heart, because you have one life, and that life is all you get, and and what I find interesting is, of the 31 chapters of Proverbs, 26 of those, of those chapters talk about having a teachable, learning lifestyle about them. 26 of the 31 chapters. And it, it doesn't take a hugely smart person to figure it out. That's a major theme in the book of Proverbs. So stay teachable, which means we stay humble, which means we stay always at the learning edge. And that requires effort. It calls for course correction, but it's totally worth it. But here's the deal. Some people, unfortunately, will not take that route. They will not be teachable as spirit, and they'll be foolish. And I'm, I just want to give to you four, maybe four pictures of what the fools look like. There's the foolish person, Proverbs chapter 10, who is the constant talk person. The wise in heart accept commands, but the chattering fool comes to ruin. He's not just a fool. He's a chattering fool. <laughs> Just, you just talk nonstop. Another translation calls it the babbling fools. They fall flat on their faces. This is the person who talks when they should be listening. This is the person who talks just to hear themselves talk. So there's this constant talk person. There's the know-it-all person. There's this person who, who um, those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk in wisdom are kept faith, safe. Those who trust in themselves are Fools, they think, I, I think I know it all. That's foolish. They don't even know what they don't know. They just don't know. I've got some cataracts on an eye. And um, so they're going to they're gonna pull them off in a couple weeks. And it's been going on for months. It's just some of you have had this, it's a 15-minute procedure. So I had to go into the doctor for pre-op. They wanted to check it, right? So they're going to look at my eye. But they're like way behind I'm an hour in the, in the lobby, in the, in the waiting room. Then I get in, well, then I'm still not seeing the doc. So a nurse comes in and says, have you seen our video on, on what cataracts do? Well, I've, already, I've been all over the internet. I already know what they're going to do. I've been reading it because it's my body. It's my, it's my eyeballs, you know. So I, I, I want to make sure they're doing it right. So I, I plan to stay awake and talk to them about it while they're doing it, you know. She said, well, let me show you a little video. It's an educational video on how they do it. I go, I've already seen that. She said, well, this one's ours. It's from inside the, the medical facility. Okay, I'll watch it. She said, you watched it? I said, yeah, it's YouTube. You can watch it. She said, why would you do that? I said, well, I'm cheap, and I have a nail and a razor blade. I thought maybe I could do this myself. She just looked at me like, I've always heard about people like you. You're a real do-it-yourselfer, aren't you? I said, yes, I am. Yeah. I was joking with her, but it's the know-it-all. They think they can do it. Oh, yeah, I can do that myself. Yeah, you don't know what you don't even know. You don't know what you don't even know. I was in the emergency room, and a guy's yelling, and they, they put the little clip on the finger, and he goes, how are they going to know anything about that? I go, you'd be surprised what they know about you. They know about your blood and your temp and your, the flow and the white blood count, and right now they know your blood pressure is going through the sky. Not from that little clip on your finger, but from your voice, actually. Yeah. 
and, and it's, here's the deal. They, you don't even know what you don't know. And then when you realize how much you don't know, that's when you realize being the know-it-all is really being foolish. There's the been there, done that person, Proverbs 18. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but they delight in airing their own opinions. They just enjoy airing their own opinions. It's the politician who says, don't confuse me with the facts, I've already made up my mind. You heard that? Yeah. We swim in, the, in, the, we swim in a culture of self-promotion. We live in a world of pyramiding personal agendas. So they delight to just give their opinion even though it is not at all related to the truth. And then, of course, there's the one upper person. This is the person who always has, no matter what you do, they've done it more. The way of the fool seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. They listen to advice. The way of the fool, it always seems right to them. Like, I always know better. Every one of us has a, a friend like this. You walk in the room and say, hey, yesterday I ran a 5K. He goes, I ran a 10K. I climbed Mount Everest. I did too, in the winter, by myself, without a guide, no oxygen. <laughs> what kind of man are you? Not much of one. Don't be that person. The sad part of it is this. I've just explained to you four different kinds of fools from the scriptures. But the sad part is this. These people, they're annoying. And that's what, that's what flares us up, right? They're annoying. But that's not the saddest part. The saddest part is they've shut off the opportunity to learn because they've cut off that opportunity. Do you get this? If, so if you get nothing else, understand this. When my mouth is engaged, I'm not learning. When I'm listening, I might be learning. But if I'm talking, I already know what I'm going to say. So I'm not going to learn anything. That may be worth the trip. So choose, the per choose to be the person who's in the learning mode, the growth mode. And I know that's humbling. It requires work, but it's so well worth it. So the learning heart is, let me just describe those things to you because I want you to warm yourself to this idea that you're going to learn the rest of your life. To the day you die, you're always going to be learning a new skill. You're going to be growing in your perception of people. But you're, most of all, your heart's going to warm towards the Lord. And, and if you can get that and nothing else, this is well worth the trip in this morning. The learning heart is a listening heart. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5. Don't be impressed by your own wisdom. Just be always in the learning mode. Always ready to take in something new. Secondly, not only is that person listening, but they're also humble. When, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. With humility comes wisdom. It's when you decide, you know what, I don't have this all figured out. I, could, I would do well, admit that I don't know it all. Even if it's just an attitude, just it says, you know what, it's great to see it from a different perspective. I didn't look at it that way. Just to get the new perspective of it. So be a good listener. Make sure you're humble at this. But thirdly, have the desire to just grow in your own personal life. Because iron will sharpen iron. And we don't like, like, I like to have sharp tools. I just don't like the process because it requires friction and heat and there's sparks. And that's that way in relationships too, not just in the garage when you're sharpening a chisel or something or you're sharpening heavy metal at a, at a steel mill. No, it, it, it's more than just the physical, it's in relationships. It's still going to be heated. It's still going to be intense. It's going to be painful. And f sparks will fly. And, but maybe 
with all that pressure, maybe God's in that for personal change in your own life. And so it's, it's humbling, but it's also this is iron that sharpens iron. It's, it's the desire to just to grow personally. There's a, a fourth person, and it's a fourth part to this, and it's, it's, it's the listening person will embrace correction. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. Get that. If you love discipline, love knowledge. You embrace the opportunity to grow. But whoever hates that, it, what's it say? It, you are what? Stupid. I looked that up in other translations. Do you know what it means? Stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was trying to find a way to soften that. Other translations say the guy is an idiot. Okay? Nobody wants correction, right? Nobody. It, it's not a happy encounter. But it's correction, not rejection. If you can get that. If someone will correct you, some, by the way, some people will correct you just to prove their point. Some people will correct you just to be a one-upper, right? They're, those are the jerks earlier, okay? So let those people go, because those people do that just to, just to step on you. So you have to let that, there's a small percentage like that. You're always going to have a few, let that go. But then there'll be other people who will care for you enough to actually face you. And when they do, they're doing it because they're not rejecting you. They want you to be better. And even if you have an unjust evaluation on the job, and everyone's going to have one at some point in life, where it just doesn't ring true, that you know it's not true, but you know you're getting an unjust re uh, kind of report. If you'll handle that even well, s s even though if they're out to get you, you will still learn from that, even if what you learn is negative. Sometimes the lesson is, I never want to do evaluations like that, or I want to never give a person, put them in a corner like that. Other times, it will be helpful to you to say, yeah, that's really an area where I do need to improve, and there's no other way around that other than to improve. So embrace the correction when it's justified and even when it's not. In fact, I, one of the things I like to do is do a role play and ask myself this question, what would you do differently? Or flip the roles. If you were the boss and you had to do the action, what would you do differently? How, how is there a nicer way of saying that? Other times it just comes to this, your, own, your own training of your own soul to say, okay, I don't like the correction, but I want to be a disciplined person, therefore I, I have to have it. It's not going to be pretty, but that's okay, because I'm going to be better on the other side. So embrace the correction. And then number five, the learning heart will always be up for more. I applied my heart to what I observed, and I learned a lesson from what I saw. I applied my heart. I didn't just hear it. I put it into motion. We'll talk about that in a moment. This requires energy. It requires work. But it, the benefits are always clear. Um, uh, there's a uh, pastor in the South. His name's uh, Lane uh, Schraff. And Lane's a great guy. He's on the staff at uh, Church of the Highlands in Birmingham, Alabama. Good guy. He is, uh, he's a staff associate to a guy by the name of Chris Hodges, and, and Chris is a wonderful, godly man. Chris invites Craig Groeschel in from Life Church to speak 
Craig takes very few outside speaking engagements. But Lane gets to pick him up at the airport and bring him in. And Lane tells the story. This is like 10 years ago. He tells the story. He picks him up, brings him in, and he says, this is his opportunity to learn from Craig Groeschel, who's a wonderful pastor. So he asks him good questions in the car. But when they get together with Chris, both guys bring out notebooks like guns, plop them on the table. And Craig says, what you got there? Chris says, I have some questions. He goes, no, you don't. I have questions. <laughs> and uh, Chris says, well, the reason I invited you to speak was so I could get time with you, so I could learn from you. He goes, Craig said, the only reason I came was so I could learn from you. <laughs> and Lane says, I'm in the room with two great learners. Okay? Two great learners. Ten years later, Chris invites Craig back to speak at a midweek worship service that they have. Guess what happens again? The exact same thing. And Lane can't believe it. These are guys who have just uh, an abundance of not only godly knowledge, but they have leadership skill and management training. They have financial skills. They, they just have, they're gifted out the wazoo. That's not a biblical term, but a good one. They're both very gifted people, and yet they're both in the learning mode. I'm reminded of a story that uh, Rick Warren tells that he's been invited to Dallas. Rick pastors the Saddleback Church in Southern Cal. He goes to Dallas, he's supposed to speak, and there, there's a, a bunch of ministers there in the convention he's in, and they're all sharing their stories. And, he, and he's a young preacher at the time, and he's in a high school, he doesn't have any buildings, he can't afford anything, he's in Southern California. And yeah, he's leading a lot of people to Jesus, helping baptize uh, hundreds and hundreds of people. It's just, he's a wonderful witness to the grace of God, and great, great guy. But as he's speaking, telling, they say, well, you tell your story, so he tells his story, and he looks, and there's an 80-year-old guy, at, they're at a table, and his, his name's W.A. Criswell. He's the pastor of First Baptist Church of Dallas. He's now in heaven. But he looks down, and he looks at Dr. Criswell. He says, what are you doing? And Criswell looks up at him and says, I'm taking notes. <laughs> and he goes, why? <laughs> you should know all this by now. He goes, I'm still learning. I'm still learning. And he's 80-something. He's preached more sermons than most people ever in a lifetime. He was in, at First Baptist for like 50 years. It's a lot of sermons. The guy is a smart guy and godly guy, and yet he's still in the learning mode. You know what? There's no end to it. Not to you, not to you find yourself headed to heaven. So always be up for more. Never think that you've arrived. Because the day that you've arrived... That's when pride sets in. You don't want that. Now, let me, let me close with just a handful of observations from the Proverbs of the New Testament. And I just want to give you these as kind of a going away gift, just the closing gift. The, the Proverbs of the New Testament is a book called James. And James gives to us some great nuggets of wisdom as well. But here's what I'm learning is this. Leaders... Leaders initiate. Leaders will ask good questions and then listen. If anybody lacks wisdom, James chapter 1, verse 5, ask God who gives to all generously. In another translation, it says liberally. Just lathers it on if you'll just ask. God, I need wisdom. And God will do that without finding fault. He doesn't like saying, I've given you wisdom. No, he, he, he'll do it without 
raising his voice or clearing his throat. He'll just keep giving you wisdom if you'll just ask. So learners initiate, but learners also implement. So it isn't enough just to observe or just to get the information. You have to put it into motion. And that's what the Proverbs of the Old Testament say as well. But when James restates it, don't merely listen to the word, but because you'll deceive yourselves, do what it says. So then you hear the right things, but then now you're putting them into motion. But the leaders not only initiate and then implement, but they also work at always at this process of improving. And if you'll be in that mode of improving, wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. I won't be totally there, so I'm always working at that. Then peace loving, I have to keep that, I have to keep working at that and consider it because when I'm tired or I'm grumpy or I have a bad day or there's low air pressure or it's windy or it's rainy or it's icy or it's cold or whatever the conditions are, I have to be considerate and then submissive and full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. You never have 100% of those all the time. Therefore, it's a constant call of improvement. So leader, uh, learners uh, initiate and implement. They also improve. And what happens is this. There's an end game to this is that you end up inspiring because then peacemakers who sow that, you don't realize it, but you're going to reap a harvest of it. The learner will always be an inspiration to other learners. And so here's my word to you this week. Go back to Proverbs 13. In fact, maybe today, maybe even during communion time, go back to Proverbs 13 and grab one of those, which will be yours, and then make that one yours for the week. Put it to heart and put it into action. And why is that? Very simply, because a teachable spirit will always be a wise move it will always be a wise move let's bow together for prayer your bible's open to proverbs 13 put your hand on the one that's yours i've got my finger on mine And God, we never want to think that we have it all figured out. Um, it's, our own, it's our own pride that makes us think that we do have it figured out. So keep us from the pride and do what you need to do to humble us so we are lifelong learners. Gracious Father, we, we don't want to go through life thinking that we know it all because we don't. We, we don't even know what we don't know. And so, Father in heaven, may we be the people who are in constant motion, pressing on the upward way, new heights we're gaining every day, pressing forward to becoming like your dear son, Jesus, who was all wise. And we thank you for what you'll do in our lives. And I, I pray for those who've come this morning who just say, you know, I need Christ as my savior. And maybe that's the decision you're making right now. I need the Lord in my life. Open your heart, tell him that. Thank you for those who come in faith, those who grow and those who step in closer. Thank you for not giving up on us and throwing your hands in the air. We thank you that you're ever patient. 
and all wise. In Christ's name we pray these things and God's people would say, amen.